another episode of the Reimagining Work podcast with your host, Rohi Nord, and in this particular case, the expert, uh, John Wenger. Hello. Hello. Say hi, John. Hi. Hi, John. <laughs> um, title of this episode, episode seven, it is Reimagining Working Together. So... In the current situation that we're at, we work in a very siloed and hierarchical um, business. It's usually us against the world or I against the world. Uh, It's me, me, me. How do I stand out? How do I perform? Um, Oh, I need to get the list now. Uh, How do I make myself look good? How can I get people to notice me? And this is from one of your blog posts, um, just in in a regular meeting. And and I like how you wrote it up. And you're more worried about what everybody else is thinking of you or how you can how you can uh, establish yourself even within a normal meeting uh, than actually trying to have uh, a good outcome of the meeting or be productive or be supportive or um, this I guess is something that that is been going on for a long time and it doesn't get any better um, in the current uh, climate and mm. but it is something that we would like to see changed mm. um, uh, yeah yeah certainly I mean I, I know that people want to uh, be, be in workplaces where they feel that they're part of something they're contributing something and that they are um, in a in a in a place where they're uh, there's more collaboration and co-working and and sharing and and cooperation and and all that and it's hard and and you said earlier on it's about a sense of me against the world or us against the world and you've talked about silos. Um, this is a very large conversation, just a little um, kind of p- part of it, I think, is around the architecture because you mentioned hierarchies. So certainly the architecture of our enterprises will influence us. I think it was Churchill who said we, we, build, we, can, we design our architecture and our architecture then designs us. So we've built structures around us um, or we've inherited structures in the workplace um, which cause us, I think, in some part to behave in certain competitive ways with each other. Um, it's a discourse which some might say is a bit nutty that, you know, of course we're not competitive. We're, you know, we've got values around co-working and teamwork. And I think teamwork, all one word, is is not it is not the response it's uh, sometimes it's just a set of values which don't get lived because it's, it's, it's a checkbox that we that yeah. we can like oh yeah we've teamworked Ka-ching. yeah well, that's one on the list yeah one more so there is a question around the architecture and redesigning uh hierarchical structures into something which is more humane that the conversation that i'm probably more interested in purely because it feels like it's an area that I actually work in is not so much the enterprise architecture side of things that certainly conversations I have it's more around the how people interrelate and working with groups of people to assist them to relate to each other differently when I'm in a room with a bunch of people I'm interested in creating uh, communities and breaking some of those silos down Um, but if I may yeah yeah, um, so 
what you do and and why you want to uh, start a change like this is you you work with a group of people in order to yeah. Yeah, get that changed instead of saying well you know this is a business this is your hierarchy we need to change this hierarchy and we need to change this and you need to change everything in the organization except people and you do it exactly the other way around you focus on people and then whatever change happens happens well that's what i mean i think there's a conversation that happens in 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 conjunction with in tandem with the the working with people in the room changing mindsets um the other conversation is around the architecture of the enterprise which also needs to happen um in tandem with but i think there's there's a bit that i'm focused on which is around the change of mindsets and i and i don't go along with the idea that i can go into a room and conduct a so-called training session and change people none of that in that sentence (laughs) sits comfortably with me but i do believe that if if you're if you are um in the business of change and assisting people to change uh, and and being alongside them as they change, um, that there needs to be some kind of change, really. <laughs> Otherwise, you know, there's, everyone's wasting their time and their money and their energy. Um, and I think if, if it's really important that people people's mindset shifts around how do we become we? How do we become a we instead of a me and you? So Um, is is it more about the awareness, creating a certain awareness for people... I think it's I think it's part of it. I think again, I think it's it's it's, it's many fact, factors involved, but part of it is around the awareness and the consciousness of what does we look like, you know. And I think probably most of us have an experience of being in a in a team or a group or a working party or something in our life, whether that's work or or hobbies or something, where you kind of go, oh, that was a really fun group to be a part of, and we got some stuff done. You know, it's like a peak moment of a peak moment of belonging in our lives. I think we've all got a story like that to tell. And there's one that I use frequently, which is of a team that I was a member of for about five years um, when I was living in New Zealand. And it was probably the most satisfying, thrilling uh uh intense emotional and effective teams that i've ever been a part of um and when one of the things that um made it such a a good thing to be a part of was that we were really effective at what we did and i think our effectiveness was directly connected to the closeness of our relationships and by closeness i don't mean it was a big love in because we had some really strong and robust conversations with each other about the work and we 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 talked endlessly about the performance of our work as a collective and how we could assist each other as individuals to remain a part of the collective and to keep working on improving our performance. So I think the relationships were core to that being a really effective team. And I stand by this. Um, I mean, I um, use a technique called sociometry, um, which is a body of um, knowledge which says that the quality of an outcome is directly related to the quality of relationships between the people who are trying to generate that outcome. And I know that now from enough experience of seeing it and feeling it myself 
Um, so yes, I do think there is a kind of awareness shift that needs to happen. And I think with the awareness and the consciousness shift, there also will be some behavioral shifts. So there's some, there's some simple, um, you, you sort of behaviors that I can, I can adjust if I'm relating, if I wanted to relate to you in a different way, but it's not just a behavioral thing. That's, that's where you get in the realm of training, which I kind of liken to dog training. It's not a, Pavlovian if I just say this to you things will be great between us but as a mind mind shift thing so the questions that you started out with um, which I've listed in one of my my articles are things which I think are all quite natural Um, you know how do I make myself look good how do I get people to notice me how can I garner praise how can I get people to like me how can I prove that I'm valuable all natural things it's it's isn't it um a bit because i'm i'm just thinking about uh in what you say the natural Mm. way of things like more primal i mean surely in a very very long time ago before you know the stone age that that time uh, there certainly was an, an inherent need for an individual to stand out um, in order to be the one to procreate mm. uh, or stronger or taller or something. Mm. And how, how, however, I'll interrupt you. However, there is something which I believe is hardwired within us from the minute that we're born, which leads us to want to be attractive and attracted to our primary caregiver. I, I did a lot of work in the area of attachment many years ago. Um, there is something I think we we come out of the womb with, which is to attach ourselves to a primary caregiver, mother usually, uh, and to uh, a, a, there are certain things I think we do which assist the mother to bond with us, so that we are able to attach to the mother. So those are all natural things that I think are innate. And they, they come through in varying degrees depending on our upbringing. But um, it's not in the early days, certainly not about who's going to be the one that procreates or keeps the tribe, um, you know, the, the line of the, the tribe going on. But I, So that's what I say. These are all natural things. How do I get people to like me? How do I get people to draw themselves to me? How can I uh, be valuable and liked by people near me? I think this, this, is, this bit's natural. That bit's absolutely natural. And and for, for folks that say that they don't have any of that in them, I think they're lying. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody does it. Because Everybody you do does it, it. Sub- yeah. subconsciously. Absolutely. Or subconsciously. Absolutely. The interesting bit for me, though, is that that bit is not good enough in the workplace. Because when we come together in organizations and businesses and teams, we want to try and achieve something together. So it's a purposeful coming together. So the human stuff is great, but I think that's one level of consciousness that we can have, or one level of, 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 of being. Say we're in a team meeting. Uh, the one level of my being, my expression, my interactions will be around that. How can I get people to look at me well and to how can I um, induce some praise or ad- admiration or acknowledgement? How can I get people to see that I'm valuable and likable? On one level, we, we will do that. That's not good enough. I think there's another level of uh, consciousness of of behavior that we can move to, which is which is what most people would probably be doing in say in a team meeting, um, which is that kind of professional hat. There's an operational hat. So 
you, you are a member of this this group or this team because of your training and your experience and your expertise. You've been hired to do a particular job, and that's the thing that you want to um, bring to your workplace meetings. So that's the professional um, person that you, the role that you enact in in gatherings and meetings. So in those sorts of situations, when you're wearing your operational hat, you you want to say, these are my technical abilities. Um, If I'm the financial guy, I'll speak about um, anything that's on the agenda or matters related to financial issues. Um, If I'm the marketing person, I'll speak about things from a marketing perspective. And I'm going to bring my marketing eye to any conversation that I might get involved in. And, you, you know, people are familiar with this. So somebody will pipe up and go, from a marketing perspective, I'm not sure that that's a good decision that we go ahead with that. Yeah, and the financial person will go. Well, from a financial perspective, I think da 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 da. Um, and you know, and from the branding guy will go. Well, I, from a branding perspective, I think what we need to do is here. So decisions about what course an organization might take um, are there. I think is the competitive thing that you mentioned earlier, where you get the the branding or the financial, or the marketing or the whoever trying to display the biggest bunch of feathers that they can, like a big peacock, which one's going to win out here. Um, And sometimes it's force of personality or it's force of argument or ability to put words together in an articulate way that might swing people one way or the other. And I think the future of us working together, when I think about reimagining co-working, the future of humans working together is not, say, here's a problem before us. How about you come up with an idea and a plan? Um, I'll come up with an idea and a plan. She'll come up with an idea and a plan. We all come together and meet together at the table with ideas and plans, and then we vote on the best one. I think that is not the way to go. No, we actually. create an idea and a plan and together. We create, we create more competition. What we do is we end up maybe voting on something that gets compromised and, and watered down, and we end up with something which doesn't really draw on our shared wisdom and expertise. So my thinking is that there's another level of consciousness, that this is the bit I think humans were just kind of in a phase of learning how to do better together, of how to be in a we. Well, I take off my me hat for a bit. So it doesn't matter so much that you like me or you dislike me. I take off my operational hat, so it doesn't matter quite so much that I'm the financial guy. Quite so much. But we come together and face this shared problem with a blank slate, if you like. I mean, it's not a blank slate. We've obviously got all of our experience and our wisdom and you know expertise, but we sit and look at this problem collectively, together, collectively, and it's a little bit like um, the the improv uh, yes game. Are you familiar with the yes game? No, so got, yeah. it's like like improv training. Yeah, you, get, yeah. you know, so um, I, I might walk in the room and say, uh, oh, "Oh, Roger, what's happened to your foot?" Now, what I've just done is I've I've made you an offer. Yeah. Now, you you in response could say what? Well, nothing. But okay. that's well, negative. That's, but it has that's, to be that's, positive. That's rejecting my offer. So exactly. you, that's yeah. what makes the, and it's yeah, really yeah, okay. un, uninteresting to watch. Just making that point there. That's, that make, that's illustrates the point beautifully. Or I could say, Roger, what's happened to your foot? So and poof, you say, yeah, I had an elephant stand on it. So Exactly. Now, it doesn't matter if you say elephant or the dog bit it or you know I dropped a glass. It doesn't matter actually what you say, but in, in essence, you're accepting my offer. And we keep going back and forth. 
you know, making and accepting offers from each other. And what we're doing is building on rather than fighting against. There's no, there's because, no really like the yes, but. That's right. That, that's something that you actually don't want in, in, in any productive meeting. It's like, that's right. Because anything before the but is completely meaningless. It's a so, lie, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I completely agree. And any, you know, I, I put forward an idea and you go, yeah, but. Well, you're already in competition with me. Yeah, it's very difficult not to do that. It is very difficult not to do that. It's very hard not to, because it's just, it's at one end, it's just a statement that you make. It's just a force of habit to say that. Yeah, I agree, but. So, yeah, I, I do agree, but, I, but, and it's so difficult not to even say it, even if you want to be constructive. You're still uh, tend to say, uh, those exact words. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, so I, I'm kind of interested in some of the experiences that you may have had. You know, when I have have these conversations with people, I get really curious. And so, so what's it like for you? And mostly, what I find is that people, very quietly, we don't acknowledge this openly, is that we find those experiences on a human level kind of painful and isolating. And that touches me deeply. I get incredibly moved when I people hear people say how isolated or lonely or lonesome or detached they feel from their workplaces or their teams. Yeah, it's not what I'd see with my eyes if I walked in, but on a heart level. And you know, I, I don't apologize for talking about being on the heart level for looking about reimagining work. On the heart level, it sucks really because we aren't going to get to solve some of the things that are facing us as human beings. <laughs> Unless we start to work a little bit better together, you know, like you say, if you get that kind of thing that we've just illustrated with the yes game, it's pretty rare, I think. Mostly you get people being competitive and doing the yes but thing. That's what I see. Yeah. Yeah, true. No, it's true. I mean, but it is a competition, right? I mean, especially in these days where, where you know, people are being laid off like there's no tomorrow in some cases. And it is. I mean, it's very difficult to to create even uh, i am important i need to fight for my position in this company i cannot afford to lose my job i cannot afford to lose my position and i will do anything to retain that and that's a, a little bit the um um, the emotion that's been created in our modern culture, and um, we we know, and our peers know that if you change that attitude into a we uh, mm. or collaboration, um, a collaborative environment, that a business can benefit from that. And and, and and it's reflexive, don't you think? That you know, if the business benefits, then I benefit. You know that because all those statements you made are absolutely true. I was sitting, listening, and nodding my head, thinking, "Yeah, I need to maintain my position. I need to make sure I still have a job. I need to still make sure that I'm contributing." That's all true. Yeah. I think the shift, the conscious, the mindset shift, yeah. the, the shift in consciousness is how do we go about that? And I don't think it comes from a competitive, siloed sort of way of doing it. Exactly. Um, exactly but but nobody knows this right i mean in general i mean the general um 
Uh, I'm looking for a particular word, but that doesn't matter. But the general idea is that y you you keep things to yourself and you make sure that your little island is that you are uh, unreplaceable. And, and I think and it's an interesting, like, how, how do you build on that weeness? I've, I've sometimes suggested to people that, that what they might do is to, just to get an illustration of how different it feels. Because everyone would say that they're a team player. Everyone would say that they're they're sort of joining in. It's it's on every every application, every vacancy, every job vacancy. You have to be uh, able to work independently, but you have to be a team player. Yeah, sure, of course, I'm a team player. Yeah. Yeah, well, and and it also means different things. I think sometimes it means are you able to do the group think thing and you know not cause too many waves. That's all about systems wanting to maintain themselves. Um, I, so I've asked people sometimes to think about how they how they do do that or how they could do that. And it's like you know how sometimes I've talked only about meetings. So if I'm the financial guy, I'll pipe up about anything that's to do with financial matters. But if there's nothing that pertains to financial matters, I'll sit back. I'll say nothing. I'll maybe play with my phone a bit or send text to people or scribble notes, as if there's bits of it that don't pertain to me. And this is the, the kind of thought experiment that I've asked people to consider. Imagine if everything on the agenda pertained to you. Just imagine if. And then you kind of go through the agenda or you listen to every part of the conversation. Just imagine that everything had something to do with you. When you when you kind of get yourself in that space, something happens to your mindset, to your consciousness. Because conversations that you might not normally have been party to or joined in before, and you find yourself joining in because you're imagining, oh, this might have something to do with me. You suddenly get that whole thing about systems. Everything is connected to everything else. Because it is. Everything is connected to everything else. We often, we sometimes don't feel it because we haven't much experience of it. But also, we need to give ourselves the, 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 the bigger vision to just imagine that it might be the case. And my goodness, what happens to us when we start to participate in conversations that we didn't used to because we've actually found how we're connected in. We are plugged into everything. And some of the conversations become really enlivening because so you get the really interesting ideas from the financial guy who might not have contributed before or from the branding guy who might not have contributed before or from the, the, you know, the operational team who are answering phones, contributing to things that they didn't think had anything to do with them in the past, but they're pretending as if it did. Uh, fascinating to, to kind of play that little experiment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see that. I can see how that, how that would happen and how, how that would open people's eyes and, and make them think beyond their own little, uh, or little, <laughs> I don't want to belittle it, or but, large, uh, or, or yeah, large, or large, yeah. or whatever. But their own personal uh, world. I mean, in yeah. most companies that I've worked, um, you really do have the feeling that there's me, oh. you know, and then there's the department that I work for. So, but that's a department. It has a name in this communication, whatever. And then there's me, and then there's four or five other individuals within that department mm. and then there is the rest of the company yeah and they all do something and you got legal and you got hr and okay fine uh i don't want to know anything about them and but it already starts it already goes wrong that 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 <laughs> within your own the people sitting next to you are not a team member or it's not 
us, you know, that's another individual that happens to be working on the same uh, in the same department, mm. let alone having any interest at all um, uh, in, a, in, a, in another department. And the department heads, well, they come together, they talk to each other, but I don't know what's being said. I don't know what's being done. Well, this is, I think, the connection with the, the looking at a business as a system as a whole. Like we, we stop thinking about it as departments in my department. And there, for, for, for certain reasons, there may be, you know, you'd want to be uh, in, sitting in a particular part of a building or liaising mostly with certain kinds of people. But that we consciousness is about what's good for the whole, what's good for the business. You know, so conversations move beyond the first level of how can I make myself look good, how can I be liked. It moves beyond the second level of how can I demonstrate my particular area of expertise and 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 push for my silo to win. It moves to the third level, which is uh, how can what comes out of my mouth be of benefit to the whole. And so there have been occasions where um, I've encourage people when we've kind of got to this bit of saying now just be really aware that from now on before you let the words tumble out of your mouth is this about me consciousness or me doing my work well consciousness or is this about what's going to move on the we how is this going to develop and grow the we and this the subtle changes that go on in the conversations you kind of feel the the kind of competitive edge between people just leave the room. There's none of that sort of competitive tension. And people who normally would be, uh, there's a couple of folks I can that come to mind who would be at each other's throats, being becoming best buddies because they realize, my God, you've got a really creative head on you. This has been really useful to have this conversation because you, you've come up with some of the the most um, stimulating comments that have helped me in my work. Um, and it gets to that point where people realize it's not about um, teamwork. It's about cooperation. There's no, I'll do this for you if you do this for me. That just goes out the window. It's, I'm doing this because it's going to help all of us. And if it helps all of us, it helps me. Um, I had, uh, interestingly, sometimes that requires, that requires what some people, I suppose, might call a sacrifice or... Um, for their silo, what they previously thought of their silo. I had a friend years ago who was a builder, and I don't know um, if other builders or architects would um, agree with this, but I just found this anecdote interesting, that in designing a house, you don't try and maximize every single room. You're not going to have a whole room full of amazing room, house, house full of amazing rooms. That in order to get a satisfying whole house that sometimes the architect and the builder will sacrifice one room. So it might be just a tiny bit smaller than you'd like. But because of that, it means that the whole house is at its optimal. So it's making the best that you can for the whole of the house rather than a collection of nice, nice rooms, which might turn out to be a really unsatisfying house. Do you see what I mean? Yeah, sometimes it's necessary for somebody to just you know take a step back and and let others just um um whatever 
uh, solve the problem or, or come up with with with, yeah. with a approach or an approach or something and instead of uh, as an individual saying well i want i need to have my uh, uh, my two cents in there. I need to say something mm. uh, because you know, for the sake of saying something, because it's me. So I need, mm. you know, uh, I tend to talk a lot, um, <laughs> and um, uh, but it's I, I see how you sometimes just you need to take a step back in 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 order to let others uh, come to a certain. Mm. Um, Conclusion, uh, whatever you know, let them shine without you being there to uh, to to um, interrupt it. Or um, that's right, and you also uncover the things that you might not have previously if you kind of maintain this sort of siloed structure of how you relate to each other. Let people let people bring all of their creativity, all of their humanity, all of their ideas, even if it's not their department, if you like. Yeah, exactly. But it, it does mean that that for especially for individuals who tend to be on the forefront all the time, mm-hmm. and because you're not going to change the individuals that are in the room. I mean, you're still going to have the same people there. Mm-hmm. It's just and and in any meeting, uh, one is always a little bit more. Um, present, if you will, than others are. Uh, there are meetings where some persons they only speak when spoken to, and then they will only answer a question if it directly refers to what it is that they're doing, and uh, and and they will only give the information that is actually asked for, and nothing else. Mm. And it's exactly yeah those kind of people you want to have open up and take part in the conversation, and mm. that can only happen if the one who's always talking shuts up for a minute mm. and uh, and let somebody else just go with it if you will and i think when you get that it's a it's a, a, a sort of self-perpetuating cycle as well when people begin to have that experience of we and wow we came up with something that we couldn't have done as our own individually and then voting on it um, we did that actually all together. Mm. It becomes this sort of it becomes quite compelling over time for people to want to become more interested in, and join in areas they may not have felt were relevant to them, or because um, I've heard exactly what you've just described. I, I I don't join in that because it's got nothing to do with me. And once they realise that when they've made a comment, how valuable it is for everybody else and how it improves things for the whole. They start to go, oh, maybe what I have to contribute is valuable, even though it may not look directly re- relevant to me. But then you also get people going, I'd quite like to hear from Janice because she always says something really clever <laughs> at this point. Yeah, exactly. You know, you get people drawing each other in as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I've seen that happen too. Yeah. Um, they can begin you – know, again, I think that's part of that self-organizing thing of humans. When they begin to um, uh, manage themselves and their relationships – um, I think then that becomes it snowballs into you know in, you know greater sort of teamness and sort of we consciousness grows from there. But you kind of have to start. You have to sort of do it. And you know the sad thing about doing this, getting to we consciousness, is that there isn't a step one, step two, step three. There is a step one. Yeah, and then it's just a lot of work. And it's step one, but then you kind of have to keep, and then you build on. It's a bit like the yes game, you know. There's there's no script to how you and I could develop that little scenario. What's wrong with your foot? Yeah. 
But what happens is you get a really enjoyable and satisfying whole scenario when we make the first offer and we just keep accepting offers from each other and building on rather than, yes, butting. Also, we're hitting 30 minutes. We are too. We are indeed. Um, I thinking really hard <clears throat> if I've got another question for you mm. because I do find the uh, topic very interesting well I, you know this is absolute central to my work and I, I could talk about this for a very long time I um, I think that bit around a we consciousness um, is constantly something that gives me pause so I'm in the middle of a piece of work with some folks who are um, from my eyes, incredibly excited at the idea that what they're building together in this kind of community of shared practice is a, is a we-ness that they have never had before. Uh, and um, they, as individuals, as humans, and as professionals, um, they seem to find it incredibly exciting, really, thr- really, really thrilling of the opportunities to learn from each other mm. because they have have begun to develop this we-ness amongst them rather than that's your center over there and this is my center over here and you know they um, are now looking for example looking for other platforms on, on which to um, exercise this relationship so you know what other kind of digital platforms might they be um, for them to use so it's really exciting stuff to see that shift happen in the room um and i think there's and there's lots of other areas around teamness that that we could certainly have other podcasts about we're very, happy, very very happy to do that yeah 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 well we certainly will um I think uh, a few that spring to mind is is basically how, where do you um, where do you even begin with uh, approaching people um, uh, to see if you can create that first spark, right? right? I mean, because here's the thing: so people people want better co-working in the workplace. Managers want teams to have better co-working in the workplace um that's a start what's the what's the thing you want to create so it's not doing it for the sake of having a lovely team or having a nice feeling between each other it's purposeful so the purpose is this is what we're here to do in our business in our organization we know that we're going to maximize that when we have people working collaboratively and cooperatively to achieve that rather than individually so you have the purpose. This is what we're here to do together. So let's see if we can do some, put some, put some of our energy and our investment on the together bit. Because as I said earlier, I think humans are pretty messy and hit and miss about doing this. And we have those experiences where we can say this was a peak co-working memory for me. But sometimes it feels a bit accidental. And I think largely human in human endeavor, it has turned out kind of accidental. There's enough I think we know. I mean, my, my, um, the thing I apply is sociometry, which is around studying relationships and interrelationships between people um, and getting people to do that. On the, So sociometry is a, is a highly democratic way of doing it. It's getting people to look at themselves and their teamness 
they look at their own team. So when people become aware of what they've been doing and how they get on with each other, then that they are then able to make some decisions about how they can improve that, that sense of we and team. So it starts, I think, with what's your purpose and how does and, and and do we need to do this together? You don't just build a team for the sake of building a team. No, exactly. And 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 is that something that we, because people are listening, uh, we hope anyway. <laughs> uh, but people are listening, and and uh, I, I can imagine that the people who are listening go like, well, that that's all very well, but it sounds very. Um, extensive very fundamental and um, obviously the best thing to do when you want to have such a fundamental change is get help mm. uh, because you there's always a chance that you do more harm than good uh, but is there anything that you would um, um, uh, advice any anything the listener can take away right now that 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 can make that something to think about like what you said as as, as uh, for the last i mean i think i think really that reflecting on the sort of three different levels of consciousness and just to observe interactions that go on and meetings that go on in in the workplace on what on what level of consciousness do they observe themselves and others operating out of? And my guess is that the the third one, the we-ness, how is when people say something, is that is that in service of the, the greater good or is that in service of me and my silo? Yeah. I, just an observational thing yeah. um, is, is, is it begins to form the grit in the oyster that people get irritated. There's an irritant. Then you begin to be able to put your finger on something which in your gut doesn't feel quite satisfying enough. So I think making the observations first. And with that, you become more aware yeah. of your surroundings, more aware yeah. of the of what people, uh, yeah. what their intentions are yeah. uh, with, with any information that they actually uh, provide. Yeah. Uh, in, indeed, does it benefit them and the, their silo or does it That's benefit right. us and, and the team or, or the company? That's right. And if you can distinguish between those, then it can give you a little bit more insight into um, how that particular person is actually in uh, in that situation, and you can ask a question, right? Based on that, if if you are able to determine that, and it once you're aware of it, it shouldn't be uh, too difficult to do, I guess. Well, you see, I mean, you can certainly ask, you know, inquire of other people when you sort of observe things. Uh, what I, I find the idea of people get armed a little bit of um, behavioral psychology becoming the team psychologist um, it's anathema to me but they start start focusing on themselves and what they might change in themselves so like I mentioned earlier the thought experiment make some observations of yourself and others as to what level of consciousness you imagine you think that you're operating from or others are operating from and maybe you want to make, even, you want to make the change make the change on yeah. yourself so then, yeah, exactly. say, then try the try the experiment of next time you have meetings yeah just monitor what you're about to say. Yeah. Is this going to be at service of me and my department or me and my area of expertise? Or is this going to be of service for the whole? Even though it may require a little bit of sacrifice for me and my department, by saying this, I know it's going to be for the benefit of the greater good. Trying with that um, little experiment, um, it could be interesting. Even if one person makes a difference and makes a different kind of 
comment or intervention in a meeting out of a we consciousness just to notice what does that create in other people yeah does it spark anything yeah yeah exactly should be an interesting uh, uh, experiment indeed yeah and i'd be interested to hear if anybody gives it a go and what sort of things it created what ripples it created okay well we'll leave it at that mm-hmm. um I do believe this is a topic that we'll get back to in the future because it is um, one of the bigger ones. As you say, it's like the biggest one that you do. Mm-hmm. Um, working together is something that is going to be fundamental to having a successful social business. Yeah, uh, You cannot do it alone. You do need your colleagues. You do need your coworkers. The clues in the word social, isn't it? It's, I mean, yes, it really is. <laughs> well, some people still don't get it. So, like, what's so social about what, what's social business? Well, it's that means you use Twitter, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that, that's what we do. We have a Facebook page. There you go. Oh, okay, no, so no. Um, okay, so we're gonna wrap this up. Thank you for all those insights, John. I'll have the uh, corresponding articles that you wrote on your website in the um, uh, show notes uh-huh. they're going to be at the website on the website up on the website and so I'd like to thank everybody for listening to this thank episode you for listening. and remember to subscribe to iTunes or on Stitcher and not miss a thing Mm-hmm. If you have any comments or if you want to connect, feel free to do so. Until next time, goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.